The Gospel according to Mark chapter 10, beginning at verse 17. As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. The man said to Jesus, Teacher, I have kept all of this since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, You lack one thing. Go sell what you own and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were greatly astounded and said to one another, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God, all things are possible. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from God, our Creator, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. A champion was crowned this past Tuesday in the annual tradition known as Fat Bear Week. Yes, this is a real contest created by the Katmai National Park and Preserve in Alaska, in which park rangers create a March Madness style bracket with eight bears competing to see who has gained the most weight over the summer. Cameras in the park enable you to watch the bears and then vote. Vote for your favorite fat bear over the course of a week, which this year ended on Tuesday. And so, the 2021 Fat Bear Grand Champion was, drumroll please, the 25-year-old bear known as 480 Otis, who claimed the prize for the fourth time in seven years. It's a fun way to recognize a harsh reality. For bears, fat equals survival. During the winter, bears may lose up to a third of their body weight as they rely solely on their fat reserves. Survival depends on eating a year's worth of food in six months. The only way for bears to have abundant life is literally to consume as much as they possibly can. And we can laugh about fat bear. My favorite description of Otis is the portly patriarch of Paunch, well played. But believing that more is better, that consumption is salvation, that survival depends on getting as much as we can and hanging on to it, that might be necessary for bears, but 
Sounds a lot like humans, too. When it comes to fat bear contests, the man who comes to Jesus in today's story would almost certainly make the top eight bracket. He might even turn out to be the champion. He who dies with the most stuff wins, as they say. And if that's true, this story tells us that this man has many possessions. But something is not right. He's not full. He has all the stuff he needs, but he's still wondering about life. Not an eternal life as one waiting for him in the future after he dies, but the quality of his life right now. He's so bothered by this. He's seeking something that he hasn't yet grasped that he finds an itinerant Jewish preacher and he asks him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit real, true, eternal life? It's a strange question. The only way you can inherit something is for someone to die. But Jesus simply responds, that the young man should keep the commandments, which chances are he already knows. Don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal, don't kill. Honor your parents, honor your relationships. No problem, says the man. I've done all that since I was a kid. Now, if I was Jesus, and this is but one of many examples why it is good that I am not, I would get into an argument about that. Really? You've never lied? You've never cheated even a little bit when you knew no one was looking? You've never said a cruel word? You've never rolled your eyes at your parents? You never once looked at someone with lust in your heart? Nice try, kid. You're lying right now, aren't you? But Jesus does not get drawn into an argument. He simply goes on, and there is a good reason. Tucked into the heart of the story is the moment when what could have been kind of a dry discussion about how to keep the commandments turns into something deeply personal. Jesus, looking at him, loved him. Everything that happens from this moment on is done because of love. Everything. Even the words about giving it all away. The story does not say Jesus looking at him judged him. Or Jesus looking at him was disappointed in him. Or Jesus looking at him saw that his priorities were completely out of whack. Simply, Jesus looking at him loved him. Talking about money and stuff in church often causes anxiety, partly because money mostly comes up in church when you are asked to be giving more of it. Many of us over the years have been made to feel guilty at church about having money or stuff, and also worried that we're not as generous as we are supposed to be. And it makes us feel bad, so we just stop talking about it. On top of that, we live between two worlds of very mixed messages. A society that tells us largely, get more, make more, and hang on to what you've got. A society that makes pretty harsh judgments about people based on their checking accounts. Poor is bad, rich is good. This is how we have built the world to work. 
And then we come into worship and we hear about the opposite, about giving away our stuff and giving away our money and a God who chose to be poor and to be with those who are poor. And in the middle, we are thinking about our bills and our mortgage or our rent and the car that broke down this month and the kid who might eventually want to go to college and how much is that going to cost. And we can easily feel paralyzed. It's also complicated to talk about money in church or in worship because within a community, every one of us is in a different financial situation. Some of us have enough, maybe plenty of money. We don't worry about having the next meal or the check for the field trip or buying a few extra things at Target. Some of us don't stay up at night thinking about making rent next month or hoping our old coat will make it through another winter, but some of us do. And some of us look just fine when we come to worship on a Sunday, but underneath flowing through our systems like acid is the constant worry about overdrawn accounts and jobs that are not as secure as other people think. In any community, some of us are rich and some of us are poor and some of us are someplace in between. And yet, when Jesus names this man's problem, he doesn't say, you have too much stuff. He says, you lack one thing. Jesus looks at this man who lacks almost nothing, maybe nothing at all, and tells him not that he's too full, but that he's empty, that something is missing. Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Well, how do you inherit something? Someone dies first. Make no mistake, this is a story about money. But money isn't the only thing we hold on to as if it could give us abundant life. Some of us hold on to our understanding of how the world should work, our assumptions about other people, our political parties and identities, our list of accomplishments and awards. Some of us hold on to our dysfunctional behaviors because they are all we've ever known. Some of us hold on to the shame that other people dumped on us a long time ago because we've convinced ourselves we deserve it. And it all piles up and up and up and on and on and on. And pretty soon, we are all fat bears for sure. But none of the stuff we are carrying has anything to do with abundant life. And Jesus, looking at us, loves us. All us fat bears who are trying to eat a year's worth of food in six months because we think it will keep us safe. All of us who are convinced that just one more thing will finally be enough. Jesus sees past our fullness to the emptiness underneath and he just says, let it die. Give it away. Give it away so you have room in your hands to receive the kingdom of God. Give it away so that someone else has a shot at abundant life too. Give it away not because we are too full, but because we are lacking what really matters. Give it away because we already know what it's like to live in a kingdom full of fat bears trying to get to the top. And frankly, it's not working out that well.
One last thing. Jesus tells the disciples that it will be harder for the wealthy to enter the kingdom than for the camel to fit through the eye of a needle. And maybe that's what he does say. But there is another Greek word that sounds just like the word for camel, except that it's the word for rope, a really thick rope like sailors would use to tie off a ship. Does it matter? Maybe not. But there could be a way to get a rope through the eye of a needle. You would have to unravel it, wouldn't you? You'd have to strip it down, get rid of the excess, untwist and untangle it until only a small remnant remained. Then maybe you could get it through the needle if you gave most of it away. It sounds impossible, doesn't it? We'd rather be fat bears than skinny ropes. But God, looking at us, loves us as we are, underneath it all. As we struggle every day to figure out what's enough and what we can unravel and untangle from our lives. It is abundant life we are seeking. But in good news, it is God, the giver of abundant life, who is seeking us. For nothing will be impossible with God. Amen.